0: Well, good morning, everybody. And Charles is passing out one more little handout. All right. If anybody else roams in, you can give them one. I appreciate it, Charles. Pastor, get one? Uh oh. Uh oh. All right, let's pray real quick, guys. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you this morning, Lord, just once again to ask you to just be with us today, Lord, just to open your word, Lord, and just to, the things that we're going to talk about, Lord, let them get in our hearts and minds and just stay there, Lord. And just let us hide your word in our hearts, Lord, and, and and just let us have the ability to memorize your word, Lord, and just keep it with us at all times, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, who knows the first five books of the Bible? Mama, you had your hand up first. That's too fast. Let's all do it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's about as far as I can get, but there we go. We're going to learn those. So uh, we're going to start off today talking about Israel because Israel's in the news. Why is Israel in the news? Because all the Muslim countries are coming up against her now. There's 30 Muslim countries that have signed up in a, a, a pact against her. Hamas is attacking. Hezbollah is attacking. America's moved our ships over there. We've activated all our military in the Mediterranean and Europe. Uh, we started shooting down missiles that are coming from other countries that are going towards Israel. But I wanted you to think about it. You know, you think about Israel, Israel, Israel. Where is it? So I made us a little map. Yeah. Right now they're on Israel's side. They actually shot down some missiles, cruise missiles. They were coming in from another country. They were coming across the, uh, the ocean towards Israel. They shot them down this week. So if you look at your first map, it's a picture of Texas. And you see the blue area that's going from Dallas kind of down the middle? That's Israel. That's how big Israel is compared to Texas. Okay? And you look down there in New Mexico, see that city of Monterey? That's where Claudia's from. I had to put that one on there, sorry. And I couldn't get it, Claudia, but it has the Chihuahuan Desert over here. And if you look at the next picture, this one right here, this shows Israel compared to Harris County. Look at the picture of Harris County. It's, Harris County is like, you know, it's only like 4.5 times the size uh, smaller than Israel. Um, but the population of, <clears throat> sorry, Israel is, uh, you'll see the population there. And then you look down at the population of Harris County. Look at that. It's really close. You know, I mean, consider that's a whole country. Okay. Then I want you all to look at the last map. And I couldn't get yours in color, but here it is. I out. Everybody should have one with my fancy highlighting on it. So if you look at the countries there, I want us to look at those countries. So if we look up top, there's Lebanon. Lebanon is the modern-day Lebanese people. And they are largely descendants of the ancient tribe ordered to be annihilated or forced from the land in the Bible. These were the Canaanites. So Lebanon is the Canaanites, and according to the Old Testament, they occupied the Jewish promised land, and they were conquered by the invading Israelites. But the Israelites didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't actually eliminate them like they should have. They just kind of pushed them to the side. So they're in Lebanon. So they hate the Israelites. Look at Syria there, right? So the Syrians take, trace their heritage back, back to a man named Aram, okay? And he was a descendant of Sham, Noah's son. And Syria is one of the oldest biblical lands that still exists today, okay? And they're against Israel, okay? Then there's Jordan right there across the river, right? So the Jordanians are descendant of Lot's descendants. Uh, remember when Lot had that incestuous relationship with his daughters? That's where the Jordanians come from. They come from that lineage right there. And they were also uh, descendants of Sodom and Gomorrah, those people, that group. Okay? And they don't like Israel. Then you look at Saudi Arabia, way kind of way down in the bottom corner. The Saudi Arabians are descendants of a person that we know as Hagar, you know who she was? Yeah, she had a child named Ishmael, right? And Ishmael, through them, <coughs> came the, the Muhammad and, and the Muslim and Islam religion, okay? Well, that's where Ishmael died, was down in Syria, uh, Saudi Arabia, and that's where Islam began. And then you look at, these are the areas around there, but then there's some contested areas. If you look up top, there's one called Golan. It's called the Golan Heights by some people. So this area is a contested area between Israel and, and the Muslims. And the Golan area is a, ter- is a territory in the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, it's called Manasseh. And it was a conquered, ter- conquered territory of Bashan. Okay, Golan was the most northerly of the, the the cities that were in that area, and it was a refuge east of the uh, east of the Jordan River. But it's also an area of the Canaanites. Okay, so the Canaanites are still fighting Israel for that area. Then we go to the West Bank. Okay, West Bank is uh, in Palestine is an ancient world part of the region known as Canaan. That was the land of Canaan right there. That's where. The promised land was, that was the hub of the promised land. That's where God said, go. And they did. And the, that's where the kingdoms of Israel and Judah were located. And the term Palestine was originally a designation for the area of land in the southern Canaan, which the people known at, were known as the Philistines. And if we read the Old Testament, you know who the Philistines were. They were always against the Israelites, right? And then we go down to the area called Gaza, and guess what? Gaza is where everything's going on today, right? So look at that little area of Gaza, a little bitty area. Gaza is mentioned in the Hebrew Bible as a place where Samson was imprisoned. He was imprisoned in the city of Gaza. That's where he was. And that's where he met his death. Okay. The Palestinians that occupy Gaza today are descendants of the Canaanites. So if you look, Israel is surrounded by the people that has hated them Since the very beginning, just so you kind of get an idea when you start hearing this in the news, maybe you can visualize it. That little bitty country that's only four and a half times as big as Harris County is surrounded by people that hate them, hate them. And there's no division between a radical and a normal Muslim. I hate to tell you, they all hate Israel. Okay? Okay. And they talk about they want to decolonize those areas. If you read what they mean by decolonization, it means they want to annihilate every Hebrew that lives in that area. That's decolonization. So, just so you know. Now to our lesson today. So since this is October, and there's a a, a holiday coming up at end of this uh, at the end of this month, we're going to start talking about Halloween for a couple of weeks. Okay, because. It's very deceitful, and we've talked about this before. We talk about it every year, but it needs to be reiterated because we need to remember how bad this is. And if you've never heard this before, then maybe it'll be new for you and you can enjoy it. But let's start in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Talking about Halloween, Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going <clears> to <throat> read verses 11 and 12. Ephesians 5, 11 and 12, the Bible says... And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done in secret. So we're talking about right here, reprove, what does that mean? That means expose. God says you should not have anything to do with those, these evil things. You should expose them. And what does that mean? That means bring them out, right? Reprove them means expose. It means bring them to light, to show them, okay? And, and we look at there, it says, in verse 12, it says, don't even discuss it. It's, a, it's, it's bad to even discuss it. So you don't, what are we seeing in these two verses? He's talking about don't in, indulge in, shen, in sin, but I want you to do something. Don't indulge in it. I want you to expose it. And why would we do that? We do that so the unsaved world can see how horrible sin is to the God that created them. That's why you're supposed to expose it. You're not supposed to be part of it, right? But we're talking about Christians today and Halloween. And I'm very surprised that the top topic of uh, in Christian churches today is Halloween. We, we should all know this, right? But sadly, it's overwhelming that the majority of churches today will have a Halloween party. There's many churches who will have a Halloween party or they'll disguise it and they'll call it what? Fall festival. Fall festival. There you go. Harvest festival. Right. Same thing, people. They embrace this pagan rituals of the past in their festivals of today in our Christian church. Some will even have haunted houses within the church building. And I know a church that does this. They have a haunted house inside of a church, okay? So we're talking about a holiday that originated from necromancy, right? And and from conjuring up of the dead, that's exactly where Halloween comes from. It's a pagan holiday, and it has ties to the occult. It has ties to witchcraft. And it's something that we should be clearly in opposition of, right? What did the Bible just tell us in the verses we read, right? Do not have anything to do with the evil, the fruits of evil, right? Don't have any fellowship. That means we should have nothing to do with it. Yet, Christians today cannot wait for this holiday. They just mark their calendar each year they're ready for it, right? They're building up for this their next fall festival as soon as this one's over right they They want to defend it and and explain it as just we're just having fun, okay, and this is the ideology we need to keep in our minds. It's not having fun, and of course, you know they're not conjuring up spirits, you know as the occultists are doing because if you're an occultist. Halloween is your, that's your main holiday. That's your Christmas, okay? But our Christian friends will dress up our kids as angels or Jesus or the three wise men instead of of devils and witches, and and they feel that is harmless. But we're going to see it's not, okay? But the reality is that all of this stands to justify a pagan holiday. And it's, it was designed by the underworld as a parade, a, 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 and by the underworld, and they paraded these, these child-friendly celebrations by Christians. And all we're doing is praying our children in paganism. So let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Oops, I passed. There we go. Second Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen. The Bible says, "Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate," saith the Lord, "and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you." So, what do we have to do if God's going to receive us? We have to stay away from sinners. It says, "Come out from among them." From among who? From the sinners. Don't hang out with them. Don't participate with them. Okay? And then it says, stay away from sin. So don't be in sin and don't be with sinners. And then he'll receive you. Why can't he receive you before? Because you're dirty. You're filthy with sin. Okay? And that's what Halloween does. It taints us. It filthies us. Okay? So what is Halloween? Well, Halloween is known as All Hallow, All Halloween, or All Hallows Eve, or even All Saints Eve, okay? Through history, it's had those, those days of the nation. It's a celebration that is observed in many countries on October 31st, okay? And it's, they have a reason why they picked that day, and we're going to look at that, because that is the eve of the Western Christian Festival of All Hallows Day. They mixed them. They mixed Christianity with paganism, to accept, to be accepted by the world. And then what, what do churches do today? They have full-blown rock bands in their, in their church because they're trying to get the world to accept them, aren't they? They water down their, their, their doctrine. They water down their preaching because they want to be accepted by the world. They want to use you know, versions of the Bible that you know, aren't as, as, you know, as rough as the King James Version because being blunt about sin and about death and about hell, you don't want to hear. But that's what they're doing. And that's what, why Halloween is so accepted. And it's a holiday that Americans, you ready? They spent, and uh, this was actually 2021, $10 billion on Halloween. Billion. Okay. It's also listed as the most commonly observed holiday by Western Christians and non-Christians around the world today. It has edged out Christmas now. Imagine that. Of course, we understand that kids love candy, right? And they love playing dress up. But Satan understands this as well. Remember, he's the great deceiver, right? He's going to take whatever little little chink in our armor he can use and he'll get to us. And that's what he's going to do. He's going to use our kids. So the excuse that Halloween is just for kids and not a pagan ritual is a lie. Okay, so Halloween originated with the ancient Druids, and we're going to look at that. For several hundred years before Christ, the Celts inhabited what is now France, Germany, England, Scotland, and Ireland. Okay, and these were Celtic priests, and they were called Druids. Okay, and these were not Christian priests. These were not Jewish priests, okay. And the the people were eventually, uh, they were eventually conquered by the Romans. You know, when the Romans came in and conquered everybody back then... But they didn't conquer them. They just dispersed them. They're still there. Okay. So the information about the Celts, the Celts and the Druids, uh, a lot of it comes from Caesar and from the Roman historians because they conquered them. So they wrote about them. Right. So the Greek writings from about 200 B.C. and very early records found in Ireland and Greek and Roman writings about the Druids dwell heavily upon their frequent and barbaric sacrifices. Frequent and barbaric, okay? They weren't nice, okay? And these ancient Irish texts say little about um, human sacrifices, but they deal with the Druids' use of magic and raising of storms, uh, laying curses on places, and uh, they, they talk about killing people by the use of spells and creating magical obstacles, okay? So we have several forms of history here talking about sacrifices and magic and the uses of magic and killing by magic and all kind of bad stuff, right? Do you think that would be what we read in Ephesians? Would that be the evil works of darkness? Yes, it would. Okay. So a 16th century writer, his name was Davies, he traced his family lineage directly back to the Druids and the Druid priests who fought against Caesar when the Romans were coming in. And he clearly describes in his writings human sacrifices okay, of his ancestors and, and the secret sacrifices that are still performed today regularly by Druids of his time. Okay? But they still perform them today. They perform in secret. But even in his time, in the 16th century, the Druids were still there. Remember, they were supposedly conquered by the Romans, but they weren't. They were still there in the 16th century, and they're very strong. This is the Middle Ages now. And they're still doing their, their rituals and their sacrifices. And by 47 AD, Rome had finally defeated the Druids in Britain and outlawed human sacrifices. Huh. Yay. How many people break the law, right? So, the few remaining Druids went underground. And today, a growing group of people claiming to be direct descendants of the Druids still practice their religion, okay? Including human sacrifice. They still do it today. And you could say, how could they do that? Well, how many people get abducted around the world and you never see them again? But what these people do is, let's say that we're Druids, right? So my wife will get pregnant and she'll stay home and nobody will know she's pregnant and she'll give birth. What do you think happens to that child that there's no record of? It becomes a human sacrifice. Okay. So this is what we're dealing with. These kind of people, do you think that's the evil that Ephesians told us to stay away from? Yeah, probably. Right. So those in England, um, we all know about Stonehenge. Everybody knows Stonehenge. That's the Druid Highland. That, that's their hot spot, right? Even today, the Druids will go out there and have rituals. And guess what the English authorities do? Nothing. They let it happen. They don't care. And you're not going to see it in the news because they don't want to have it out there. But I guarantee if Christians went out there and wanted to celebrate, they would come in and, you know, shut us down, right? So November 1st was a Celtic New Year. October 31st was celeba- celebrated by the Druids with many human sacrifices and festivals honoring uh, the sun god. And his name was uh, Sam Ham. Okay. Guess who he is? He's Satan. You trace that back, it goes right back to Satan. Okay. They're worshiping Satan is exactly what they're doing. And hes they consider him the Lord of the dead. They believe that their sinful souls, uh, I'm sorry, that the sinful souls of those who died during the year were placed in torment and would only be, <clears throat> re- um, excuse me, would only be released if Samham or Satan was pleased with their human sacrifices. So if you had a loved one that died and you're in this religion, Your loved one's in torment unless you can kill somebody else and get Satan to release them. That's a crazy theory, huh? I like our way of salvation, don't you? So Irish records tell of a fascination of the Catholic monks. So here the Catholics come, right? They had a fascination with these Druids. And why did they have a fascination with the uh, the Druids? They liked their power. They liked the power that their magic gave them, okay? And the Druids soon became very important members, guess where? In the Catholic monasteries. So you have Catholicism is now mixing with the Druids. You know, a fake Christian religion is mixing with Satanism. Okay, so here we go. So, uh, Pope Gregory the Great decided to incorporate the Druids' holiday into the church. Wow, you see how Halloween's coming? He made a proclamation and he said, they are no longer to sacrifice beasts to the devil, but they may kill them for food to praise of their God and to give thanks to the giver of the gifts of his bounty. And Pope Gregory III moved the church festival of October 31st to November 1st and called it All Hallows or All Saints Day. Pope Gregory IV decreed that the day was to be a universal church observance. So you have On the 31st, you have an evil holiday. Well, the church is trying to incorporate it, so they make their holiday right the next day. They're pulling them right together, okay? So, what about Druid history? Well, the term Halloween comes from All Hallows' Eve, which was supposed to be a Christian holiday. Well, so, the Druid history, very little archaeological evidence still exists of the Druids or could ever be found because... You know, there was an excellent agreement between the Roman and Irish documents. We, that's the only thing we've got: is the Romans and the Irish and the Greeks that had some documents. But they both clearly state that the knowledge of the Druids uh, was never committed to writing. This is how they. We don't know that much about them. Only what we get from the historians. We don't, they don't have a book of Druidism like we have a Bible because their their practices and their magic and their spells and their sacrifices were all passed on word of mouth. One Druid would would memorize everything and teach another person and another person and another person. And they would memorize it and memorize it and memorize it and memorize it. And do we know, even know the books of our Bible? They were serious about their religion. Okay? So... um. Both of the the history that we have does have knowledge of the Druids. And like I said, it was never committed to writing, but it was passed down from generation to generation uh, through oral teaching. And they did this for one reason, to protect their secrets. They didn't want people knowing what they were doing. Uh, and in the right, that God Davies, he was writing about his lineage. He, in his writings, he, he came under so much persecution from his family because he was writing about Druid history. He was writing all this information that he found out about the Druids because guess what? They told him the oral history. But he's putting it on paper now. And the same is true today, you know. The Druids are still here. They still operate, but they don't put nothing on paper. Okay? So... Uh, the Druids, they continue uh, on to, to secretly put much of their same traditions they did hundreds of years ago. Uh, the widespread problem of harmful substances you hear about, like putting razor blades or drugs or poisons or needles uh, being placed in Halloween candy, is it, it, here in America is not an accident, okay? Because if they can poison a kid and the kid dies, they consider it a sacrifice, So where do you think that came from? You think that was just mean people thinking things up? No, it's all Druids, okay? So the testimonies of several ex-Satanists that we have show that these children that are injured or killed during Halloween by these candies um, during, you know, when they're getting their treats, right? When you go out and trick-or-treating, that they consider a sacrifice to Satan or Sanaham, okay? So Satanists throughout the world continue to perform human sacrifices on Halloween. And they're still happening today. Okay. And in his book, Lucifer Dethroned, a former witch high priest, his name was William, uh, I can't say his last name, Sholobin, He describes his search for spiritual power that led him on a journey from a simple witchcraft. He started off just playing with Wicca and witchcraft, and he moved in, and he got got to where he had, he actually got into bloodlust vampirism. He was drinking human blood. He was doing sacrifices. And it only ended years later because somebody witnessed to him about the blood of Jesus Christ, and it changed him. Okay? And the following, the following I'm going to read you, was taken from his book. Okay, it says an old proverb says, when you sup with the devil, use a long spoon, presumably no genuine Christian would want to sup with the devil at all. And yet many may be doing so in ignorance. As a former witch high priest, now saved by Jesus, I was astonished by how many Christians let their kids celebrate Halloween. Some churches even sponsor haunted houses and similar events on what is the number one satanic, they call it a helliday, not a holiday, of the year. Halloween used to be called Samham and is still celebrated as an ancient pagan festival of the dead by witches all over the world today. Unfortunately, Just giving the date a holy name like All Hallows' Eve or All Saints' Eve cannot change its grisly character. Halloween is an occasion when the ancient gods, actually demons, are worshipped with human sacrifice. Okay? So, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian parent, God has given you a precious responsibility in your children. And remember, their ability to resist spiritual wickedness is probably much less than yours. I mean, our kids are open to a lot from the day they're born. They're hit with, we look at the cartoons. If you sit down and look at the cartoons, they're full of evil. Some of it's blatant, some of it's subliminal. But it's there. And what are they doing? They're trying to train our children on evil. Do you train your children on good from the very beginning? How many of us read, have read our Bibles to our children from the day they're born? Probably not many. Well, Satan was there from the very first, the very first cartoon. Okay. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to, to indoctrine our children in evil. And because they have this less, that's why the pedophiles talk about getting their motto is to get them, get them by eight before it's too late, because the pedophile knows if he can get a small boy or girl before the age of eight, he can change that, that child's natural sensibility for sex drive. They can take a boy that's born a boy, a biological boy that's going to grow up and have a, a desire for a biological woman. But if they get them before eight, they can change that, and they know it. Okay? Same thing with this wickedness. So if you, if you allow your children to participate in Halloween, either trick-or-treating or costume parties or fall festivals or anything like that, you're allowing them to play on the devil's turf. Okay? Where do you think Satan is strongest? On his turf, right? Right? If you're gonna if you're playing football, you're gonna play at the home stadium. You have an advantage, right? But if you play in the visitor stadium, you don't have an advantage. That's exactly what we're doing. We're letting we're playing on we're letting our children go play on Satan's turf, right? And he definitely will use his home court advantage. He will use it, right? <clears throat> you are opening up doorways into these long, young, your long, young lives of your children by letting this evil and, and bringing them into fellowship with these ancient gods, right? Which are Satan, which is demons. And what did the Ephesians tell us? Have no fellowship, no fellowship. He doesn't say have some fellowship. He said, Bible says, have no fellowship with evil. But that's what you're doing. And remember Ephesians 511, that's what we're talking about. We're commanded not to become involved in the unfruitful works of darkness. Right. So if we are we're Christians and maybe even good Christians going to church all the time and reading our Bible and and we're praying as we should and and we're living the way God wants us to. We could do all of that. Yet we celebrate Halloween by opening up our homes and our churches to Satan. Okay, And it's not just about, well, I'm just not going to have any of the decorations, you know, but I'm going to let my kids dress up in, in costumes. I'm just going to let them go out and get candy. You know, There's even Christians that, in I can see the ideology behind it, but I think it's wrong to say, well, I'm going to have candy and I'm going to have my porch lights on and when those kids come, I'm going to give them candy and a track. You're still participating in Satanism, even though you're hand on the track. Because you know what the kids are going to do with the track? They're not going to read it. They're going to eat that candy. You're still participating, okay? It's just like going to a bar and saying, well, I'm going to drink water, but I'm going to witness to all the drunks in there. You're still participating in the evil. You're in there, okay? So, <clears throat> excuse me. And we're introducing this to our kids. Um, we're just opening them up to it. And we're opening our churches up to it. So what what are, what are we not only introducing this to our kids, but we're also supporting it in front of our kids. So if we participate in Halloween, we're telling our kids it's okay. But we want them to come to church and get saved. Really? That's a double standard, right? So what doors are are we opening even without realizing it? You know? Um, It's hard enough to raise kids in this world today, right? Right, Charles? Pretty tough? Yeah, it is. But it's even harder when we freely give them over to Satan and let, him, let them be led by his hand. And that's what we do with this Halloween. So Halloween in America, let's look at that. So the founding fathers of America, our founding fathers, man, they were awesome, right? They refused to permit this holiday and, and to be observed because they knew it was a pagan holiday. Remember, if you read our Constitution, it's all about God. But we've changed, right? So Halloween was not widely celebrated in the U.S. until about 1900. Wow. What happened? Well, in the 1840s, there was a terrible potato famine in Ireland, right? And it sent thousands of Catholic Irish to America. And guess what they brought with them? They brought Halloween. And we bought into it. Okay? So the modern custom of going door to door, think about this for Halloween, and asking for food and candy goes back to the time of the Druids. It's not something we came up with. They believe that sinful lost souls were released upon the earth by Satan for one night, October 31st. Okay, And, and that was while they were awaiting their judgment. They were free to roam the earth, so think about it. October thirty-first, you have evil spirits roaming the earth. They're free for one night, and they were they were thought to to roam around the houses of the living, and, and were greeted greeted right by baden, banquet-laden tables, and that's what they would do, because they thought, well, they knew that these evil spirits were floating around, so people would put out treats to appease the evil spirits, so they would not hurt their children. That's trick-or-treating. That's going and getting your candy, right? And these people greatly feared these spirits, and they thought these spirits would harm and even kill their children as sacrifices. But they thought, if we can appease Satan with these treats, if we can appease the demons with these treats, they'll leave our kids alone. That's where your candy comes from. That's where you go knocking door to door, trick or treat, right? And they carved, here you go, they carved demonic faces in pumpkins or large turnips. And they put a candle in them. We do that and we think it's all great, right? Who can make the best best pumpkin? Well, they did it and they put a candle in them and they put them around outside of their house to try to keep evil spirits away because they thought that the evil spirits would look on these pumpkins and these turnips that were evil and they would think there were other demons and they would think, oh, well, the other demons have already been here. I'll just pass this house by. So do you think you're you're carving your pumpkin is good? No. Okay. So what about the tradition? Of of course, dressing our kids up can't be bad, right? We might dress them up as angels. Well, let's look at this. So the tradition of dressing up our children in costumes comes from an attempt to keep the spirits away. They would dress up their children in scary costumes in an attempt to trick the evil spirits into thinking that their children was a demon or a devil that was already there and their children would be left alone. But we dress up our kids in little costumes. Do you see where it comes from? It's all evil. Now, what about bobbing for apples? Of course, that can't be bad, right? You just got a bucket of water, got an apple. You know, I'm having a good time. I'm almost choking to death. Well, the tradition of bobbing out from apples came from giving and, and giving out bags of nuts came from a Roman addition to this Druidic New Year's Eve. The Romans worshipped this goddess called Pamoma. Uh She was the goddess of the harvest. And they combined their harvest festival uh, with Pomoma to Halloween. And that's where bobbing for apples and giving out of little bags of treats, little nuts came from. So, do we still like Halloween? Anybody? So, let's look at it. What does God say about Halloween? Because the world loves it, right? I mean, you know, I know in my neighborhood about 50% of the houses are heavily decorated. Let's see what God says about it. Because He's the authority, right? So, let's go to one of those books that we were supposed to memorize this morning. Let's go to Exodus. Exodus 22. Exodus 22, in verse 18. Exodus 22, verse 18, the Bible says, and this was God. Remember, we talked about this. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And we've talked about this before in the law we have. As a law enforcement officer, you have laws that say you shall, right? Right? That you have to do. There's no question about it. If it says you shall arrest this person for this offense, you will arrest them. Other ones say you may. So if I catch you speeding, I may give you a ticket. I may not. But the more important laws are shall, right? So this one right here says, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So we shall not let a witch live. That's God's pretty serious, right? He didn't say you'll let her go, you slap her on her wrist or him or her, whatever the witch is, you know, or you tell them don't do that again, or you try to rehabilitate them. No, in the Old Testament, He said, do not let them live. And why is that? Because if you let this evil person that's already infected with this evil um, spirit inside of them, if you let them live, they will infect others. Okay, what does it say? A little leaveneth, a little leaven. Exactly, it'll mess up the whole loaf. So God's pretty serious if he says, don't let them live, right? Well, let's look on. God doesn't want witches to live. Well, let's look at Leviticus 19, 31. Another book we're supposed to memorize. Leviticus 19, 31. The Bible says, Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Okay, regard. That means God says don't even consider them or think about them. So that goes beyond living with them or touching them or talking to them, right? He says don't even think about them. Don't regard them. Don't consider them. That's because of what? Because of their wickedness. And, and this this talks about here. <clears throat> um, hold on, thirty-one, right? Yeah. Regard them that have familiar spirits. What is a familiar spirit? Those are evil spirits. Those are the people that you ever see on the side of the road. We can read your palm. They're playing with evil spirits. Everybody heard of a Ouija board? Yeah, you just open the door to evil spirits. You're playing with familiar spirits, you know? Witchcraft, voodoo, all of this is playing with evil spirits. And God says, don't even consider that. Don't even let it come into your mind, you know? Let's look at Leviticus 20, verse 6. The Bible says, And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits, and after wizards... And go a whoring after them. I will even set my face against that soul and I will cut him from among his people. Think God's serious? He will cut you out of a group of people. And that cut, that means it's a a, a very forceful thing. He will rip that person out of that group. He will take them away. And how's God going to do that? He's just going to take them over here and put them on another seat. Oh, it's probably going to kill them. They're going to die because they're playing with familiar spirits. So God is very, very serious about this. Let's look at Leviticus 20, 27. The Bible says, A man also or a woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death they shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. So he's pretty serious there, right? Those people that play around with witchcraft and familiar spirits and, and are, are living in this world, the Wiccans and the, the witches and all this stuff, he says, stone them. And he says, their blood is on their hands. Their blood is on their hands because they're the ones playing with evil spirits. But he was serious about it because he did not, God did not want those people to infect the rest of the world. And look at our world today. Look at our world today. It's infected and it's getting worse. And we see that this is the Old Testament, right? Witchcraft was a crime that was punishable by immediate death. He said, do it now, right there, as soon as you catch them, right? Today, we don't carry out such a sentence, right? But those who practice the occult, uh, they will die, but probably not by stoning, but they will die. And, and, and guess where they are going to end up? There's a place called the Everlasting Lake of Fire, and that's where they'll be, you know? And if you don't think that witchcraft is, is you know, you think, oh, that, that doesn't happen today. Get on TikTok. Everybody knows what TikTok is? TikTok, it has become so popular in social media that TikTok has now made a separate I don't know what it's called, a separate site or whatever. It's actually called witch talk. And you can get on there and talk to witches and get spells and you can do all kinds of stuff. I don't know. I haven't been on there, but I read about it, but it's bad, but there's so much interest. They have their own little TikTok, whatever it is, witch talk, bad, bad stuff. Okay. Um, we're going to stop there today because we're going to get into some deeper stuff next time. But This is just an introduction to Halloween. So if if you're a Christian and you have Halloween decorations in your yard, don't invite me over. You know, if you're going to have a party, I don't want to know nothing about it. And don't bring your Halloween, leftover Halloween candy to church and give out. Um, But it's very evil. The origin's evil. Everything about it is evil. There's not one good thing about Halloween. And God says, kill those that dabble in it. So we need to really think about this with our kids. Do you love your kids? Do you love your grandkids? If you do, you, you would keep them away from this at all costs. And you do everything you can to teach them the truth. Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you once again today just to thank you for this moment to open your word and to learn a little bit about this, this holiday called Halloween, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, just to continue to be with us, Lord, and just lead us and guide us. And just, Lord... I beg you just to open our hearts and our minds to you today, Lord. Just uh, be with us in this next service, Lord. And I ask you to fill up this next service with people, Lord. And I ask you to save someone today, Lord, as as it seems the time is drawing close, Lord, that the world is just full of evil and, and the world is coming up against Israel, Lord. And we know that your your return is, is near, Lord, as you tell us. Lord, just ask you just to please bring my family to church today, Lord. Just save them, Lord. Save somebody, anybody today. Just draw them out of the pits of hell, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.